Hey, everybody. This is Katie. Welcome to episode five. We want to thank you all for listening, and especially for those of you who've rated us and and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. It's so helpful, and we hope you're telling all your like-minded friends who might also enjoy the show. This episode introduces a key storytelling element that we're going to use throughout the act, and it also uh, features our first very challenging fight. It's a doozy. I can't wait for you to hear it. Please let us know what you think. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Dark Nexus Pod. We'd love to hear from you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Dark Nexus. My name is Rob. I'm the Game Master. We've got four players with us. I'm Katie. I'm Paul. I'm Robert. And I'm Johnny. This week, Act One, Chapter Five. So, Chapter Four got us out of the boiler room into a long hallway in a building known as Briarstone Asylum. We dealt with a group of six folks behind a barricade who just weren't having it. They were convinced (laughs) that you were shapeshifters. Despite some attempted diplomacy, they, again, weren't having it. They said they would accept the corpses of several doppelgangers as proof that you were not doppelgangers, since, according to them, they're all working together. We'll see if they accept that as proof, if you can find several more doppelganger corpses. You were then left to decide between a doorway you were told went out into the yellow mist and the cake smelling outside, or to head north up the hallway into the unknown where they suggested more doppelgangers would be found. Last week was spent dealing with giant centipedes in a storage closet and learning a little bit more about Ray's character class and Dora's character class. And when we left off, we were standing in the hallway in the aftermath of this combat with the giant centipedes, as you heard the sound of a woman in pain calling out for help from the north. So we'll pick right back up in that moment. It's almost certainly not a trap. (laughs) I, I can hear you, I can hear you down there. Please, my leg, my leg is broken. And tell me, tell me he's under the wall. I don't like it. I suspect it's probably one of these shapeshifters they're talking about. We should just kill her. Well, no. That seems a bit harsh as well. Investigate. Uh, all right. We got. We got away from Doctor Oath's day. We managed to escape. Please, please. Doesn't sound like they got very far. Sense motive. Sure, you can make the check. We'll apply a little circumstance penalty since you can't see the source of the voice. Thirteen. Okay, all right. Don't have really any... No, she sounds like she's in pain. And I think Grip and Dora weren't really hearing it very clearly at the end of last session. Oh, It was really just Gulliver and Ray. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's probably... We transmitted that information. Sure, when they call your attention to it, you can hear her. Well, it's the way we're going anyway. We've made us all go down there, right? Let's check it out. I like how you're in the lead. <laughs> That's good. You go first. It suits. Good job, Ray. All right, so on the map, Ray just moved up 
up way down to the end of the hallway. No, you can be in front of me, Dora. Okay, so you see what looks like it was once perhaps a large office space, maybe sort of a central set of desks for either nurses or orderlies. There's big chunks of this large, oddly shaped room that are lying in rubble, whole walls, uh, portions to the north, portions to the east, portions even further to the north on the long end of this room here. Right around the corner to the right, there's a little cubby space, maybe 10 feet wide by 15 feet wide. And uh, it's lined with uh, shattered and banged up lockers that have had pieces of rubble fall on them. And arrayed neatly in a row are three doppelganger corpses, all of them riddled with crossbow bolts. Next to these three neatly arrayed doppelganger corpses is a pile of about five human bodies. No, none of these bodies are moving. Between the bodies is a series of long strips of flesh arrayed in neat rectangles, like human skin next to what is clearly doppelganger skin because it's pale and leathery and weird and unmarred by blemishes or, mm. or, or any sort of like mm. flesh texture. So there's like 10 strips of human flesh, 10 strips of doppelganger flesh. And as you sort of eye this, you can, you can see on these bodies where those strips of flesh were cut out. There's two other things of note in the room. To the north, sort of to your left as you're looking, there is a door that seems to go deeper into what must be a room that survived this part of the collapse. And then I've just tossed a little marker down on the map there where you see an older woman in street clothes looking, like sort of fine aristocrats clothes, but pants, which you look at and think of as kind of unusual given the styles that you think of being aware of. She's wearing a white doctor's coat. It has Dr. Latchkey embroidered on it. L-A-T-C-H-K-E. Her right leg is a mess. She's got a compound fracture. You can see part of the bone sticking out of her leg. She's trailing a line of blood from that door I described. She's right now standing on her good leg, leaning kind of like draped over this pile of rubble. I picture like a Emma Thompson as Dr. Trelawney, but a little bit older. Sort of just kind of a daffy, maybe too smart for her own good look about her, you know, white hair. Maybe she's like in her 70s though, picture about that age. And she's draped over the rubble. And when she sees you, oh, thank, thank goodness, thank goodness. Please, Delamy, Delamy is crushed under the rubble in the next room. He helped me get away from Dr. Oath's day. Do you have medical supplies on you? I, I can do the work. I just, I have nothing I can use. I need to set this leg. Please help me. Now can I make a sense motive? Sure. I want to as well. Sure. Go ahead. There's no point in sense <laughs> Great. That's not I true. too will make a sense motive check. 19. Ooh. Based on what we know of, well, we don't know anything about anything. So <laughs> really don't. I don't even know if I should ask this question. I'm going to anyway. Can a doppelganger who does not have a compound fracture take the form of someone who has a compound fracture? That is not something Grip knows. And we've established after a few chapters here that nobody in this party has 
enough information about doppelgangers except to recognize them as such at this point. Not today. Did we get anything interesting on those other sense motive checks? 18. 17. Great. You don't get any hunch or bad feeling about her. She seems to be genuinely in pain and she's hurting. Well, I'm going to play that then. Because Paul the player uh-huh. has a bad feeling about this. But if you're saying that Ray's relatively high at this level, sense motive check, mm-hmm. feels clean. It does. Then I'm going to act on that. Okay. So I'm going to come to her with the healing kit. Okay, so as you're, you're, you're approaching her and you're taking that out, uh-huh. she gets this look on her face like, oh, no, no, what, what, am, I, what am I thinking? Help, help Dallamy first. And she's pointing to the other room. He's under the rubble in there, and I, 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 I will survive. Help him first. Where are the, the bodies that were laid out? Where are they in relation to? So they are to the south of where she's standing, kind of like right around the corner in the middle of the room there where you're pointing. Okay, here. So you have to kind of step over them to get to her. I will go to her and okay. kind of comfort her and nod to the others to maybe go get Delamy. Oh, thank you, dearie. Thank you, dearie. Do so you want to head into the next room then? <laughs> Perception check at the door. <laughs> Great to listen. Yeah. Yeah, give me a check. Uh, that wasn't so bad. 15? It sounds... Yep. Where Are you more with Dora or more... I'm. My intention is to follow... I'm going to follow Ray to the next room. Is that what you're thinking too? No, I want to check out these bodies and stuff like See that. See if you there. can exactly. put any of them into your like vest. <laughs> so a 15 perception check at the door. You don't hear anything. It sounds very silent, except for there is some creaking and groaning like structurally. You're in an area that is visibly unstable and large chunks of building have crushed into this room and you hear what sounds like more of that unsettledness Mm. to the north. But you don't hear anyone moving around. All right, so as you're heading to the door and checking that out, Crips joining you, it sounds like. Dora, do you want to get the woman to the floor, Dr. Latchkey? Yeah, to get her into a position to be. And uh, Johnny, you were saying Gulliver wants to check out these bodies. Yeah, he's, he's looking at these bodies, just trying to sort of make sense of what's going on with them. Okay. You want to head into the next room, right? Yeah, a stealth check to open stealthily. Yeah. That's uh, 13. Great, excellent. You open up the door and there is a passage there, maybe just 10 feet deep, 15 feet wide. There is another door, a wooden door, shut directly across from you 10 feet away. To your right, to the north, massive pile of rubble. You're guessing you're looking at the remains of a significantly larger room based on the sheer volume of rubble that has spilled into there. And just like about five feet away from you to the north is a, uh, a male body in an orderly's coat lying face down as though heading out of the rubble. And so he's lying face down. You can see his hands are trying to like, so they're like twitching, like he's trying to push himself up, but he has no strength. And his face is like, you can see his jaw moving like he's trying to talk but he's he's got no strength like there's nothing happening like his hands are moving his his jaws moving but that's about it he looks in a very bad way would it be a heel check to see if like is he gonna make it sure yeah it did not roll well okay and you see so you want to move up to him and examine him yeah great right, so in there quick question yes. I have the torch 
Oh, do you have the, the means lantern. of the lantern? Do you have the means of creating light? Oh, right. So it's really dark in there, huh? Yeah. And I can't see. And you definitely would have low light in that room from the spill from the torch. Um, the shadows. The shadows. I I wish I had light somewhere around here, and I grab something from the rubble nearby, yeah. like sure, a rock, a rock, mm-hmm. or something, and I'm just wishing that it would light up, and it does. Yeah. Oh, excellent. What's that spell called? Light. <laughs> Shedding light. Shedding <laughs> light. You cast light on this rock, which provides enough for you to see in this room, and you get down by Dalamy's body, and you're laying your hands on, on him, and like the first thing you notice is how stiff and lifeless his back and shoulders feel, as though he were dead. Mm. despite the fact that his hands and head are moving. And then, <gasps> give me a perception check, the two of you in that room, Grip and Ray. Eight. Twenty. Oh. Ooh. Okay. This is our first time dealing with one of these. So, Ray, you've got your hands down on his back and his shoulders, and this feels really weirdly stiff and your eyes look down and you see what looks like the inside of his abdomen begin writhing as though something on the inside is trying to break out and you feel this wave of horrible energy emanating from it and you've got a chance to act before something happens give me a knowledge religion check i actually have that 10 total I wish to use an action point. What does it look like for you? <laughs> I'm, I'm so shamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something crazy is happening to this body, and I'm trying to dig into my memory. Do I know anything about this? I don't think I do. Then a sudden little hint of inspiration comes, and maybe... A 13 will give me some more some information that I need in the split second before whatever explodes out of this corpse explodes out of this corpse you get the sudden flash of insight that this is either an undead creature or a haunt of some sort mm. both of which are susceptible to positive energy you've essentially got a surprise round action here if you have the means of generating positive energy yeah, it's almost instinctual, like a, a knee-jerk reaction that I channel positive energy around me. So you can do a channel versus like a cure light wounds or something. Am I? Would I know that I'm touching the thing? It, because it's a touch. It would be a touch attack. And your right? hands are your hands are on it. Okay. Well, either way, would, your choice. No, that would definitely do more damage. But there is a will save to it. Mm. Mm. Is it will save for half damage? Mm-hmm. Well, they both actually have a will save. Well, then there you go. Uh, cure light wounds. Do I need to roll a caster check on that, or you don't? You can just go ahead and roll the amount of positive energy that you shunt into this body. What do we hear in the outer oh. room? We'll let you know in a second. Oh shit! I rolled a one oh, on the die. So that's a total of two. Yep. All right. At this moment, Katie, you probably haven't heard anything yet, but you certainly do when Grip and Ray you see the entire abdomen of this body explode and the entrails go lashing out into the air. 
filling the five foot squares around it. There are organs, intestines, like bits of blood vessels and flashing through the air. And they attempt to wrap around you, Ray. And then as this happens, you see the right hand rip off and like starts walking like a spider around the room. The left hand rips off, starts going, and then the head turns completely to face up and floats into the air. And its little jaw is chattering. Give me a reflex save against the organs that are attempting to entangle you, Ray. Holy smokes. Now you uh, cast a resistance on me. How many, how long does that last? A minute, and it, it was probably more than a minute ago. Yes. Okay. No. (laughs) That's an eight total. So Ray has the entangled condition. You are now ensnared to the body, which means you can't move. So this all just happened. You uh, in the other room, Dora and Gulliver, would hear the screams and the explosion of flesh as we all roll for initiative. Dora, you see Dr. Latchkey's face turn into your face (laughs) and things get real. Dora. Four. Ray. 22. Oh, nice. Grip. Eight. Gulliver. 10. I was surprised. Yeah. There is actually a pawn for Dr. Latchkey. Does it look like me? That would be really creepy. <laughs> okay, so round one begins with Ray, maybe unsurprisingly, as he was in the middle of the action as it exploded into being. Ray, you understand from your knowledge religion check and based on what you've just seen yeah. that it is negative energy that is empowering these entrails to entangle you and that further positive energy may stop it. Although they are actually a physical object, if you want to try to pull yourself out with a skate artist check, pull yourself out with a grapple check, a CMB check, those are options. You could also even just simply attack them if you wish, but you've got, uh, (laughs) you are currently entangled by gory bits. Yeah, the way uh, this has been working for Ray so far is I think it's kind of reactive, this channeling positive energy. Great. And he's close to the end of his uses for the day, but... Can I ask a question about your channeling positive energy? Yeah. It heals living beings. Mm -hmm. It harms undead beings. Correct. Does it do both at the same time? Incorrect. I have to choose. Okay. And I think in this instance, I very clearly want to harm what's attacking me. Oh, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, definitely. For six, that's full damage. Okay, I'm going to make some will saves for the head and the two hands. They all get their own will save? They all do. How does the hand have its own will? (laughs) The will save DC for this is 13. Okay, so the head fails. The two hands pass. Okay, so what was that damage? Six. Six, excellent. All right, so the bloody entrails are still grabbing you, but the head just as it levitates off the body and goes to bite you with its mouth explodes in a pile of ash as you release the positive energy the two hands are both visibly injured by the effects sort of stagger back 
but they're still doing their thing and the bloody entrails are still wrapped around you and pinning you tight and pulling you into what remains of the corpse. Next, it is the doctor lying on the ground, staring up at Dora with Dora's own face. It's horrible. She punches you in your face. Yeah. Hitting armor class 25? <laughs> yeah. That hits. So this is actually, it is a raking claw that forms as she Whoa. leans back. And Dora, you take seven points of damage. Dora is down. Dora drops unconscious. She is now dying. Shit weasels. And then the doctor stands up, shedding his old woman form and taking the form of this tall, imposing, pale-skinned, bald man with a fluffy, luxuriant golden beard. And he looms up about seven feet tall as he stands up. What's and the status of that compound fracture? It's gone. Uh, the head would have been next, but the head has been destroyed by Ray. So now we've got Gulliver. Gulliver, what do you do? Gulliver is absolutely terrified of this thing, but Dora just went down, and he is going to take a five-foot step and attack with his rapier. Or I was standing yeah. right over Dora's yeah, body. Standing right over Dora's body, and uh, <laughs> stabbing at attempts to stab him right in the throat. Please. Oh, no, <laughs> natural two. <laughs> He's so upset, he, is, he actually steps on, like, Dora and trips a little bit. And his rapier goes right past this creepy doctor. And he goes, little, little help out here, guys. All right, hand number one, right into grip space. It's attempting to climb up your body towards your throat. As it enters your space, you get an attack of opportunity if you like to take one. Damn straight. 17. That's a hit. For eight points of damage. Whoa, all right, so you probably actually like crush it like a bug on the ground just as it's as it's going for your leg. I've crushed a lot of things so far. <laughs> crusher. And then you're actually up. Was it dead? It's dead, it? yeah. And uh, that was number which? Number one. Then I will go for number two. That's very good. That's uh, a 23. Uh, it's a hit for full damage, nine points of damage. And you destroy that one as well. Does this have an effect on the entrails grasping my body? It does not. You are still tied to the corpse by its intestines. That was oh. a single attack. You can take a move action if you want there, Grip. I should go out and help, but I, I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> can I see? Do I have a line of sight through that door? Do I see what's going on? Yes, I think you can see that the doctor now looks like a man. And he's standing up without a broken leg. So, okay, um, with with the move action I have left, is there anything I can do to help Ray? Boy. No, everything, anything I can think of would involve some sort of standard action, whether it's either trying to pull the stuff off of him right. or engage with the corpse in any way. Yeah, I think with the move action, you uh, your options are pretty limited. Has he taken damage from this, or is it just holding him? It's just holding him at the moment. Okay. I'm going to... Because I've seen, so I can I can tell that Dora's gone down. I'm gonna just move to here. So edging through the doorway back into the room where the fight's happening with what has been revealed to be another doppelganger. Hand number two would go now. The hands were not long for this world. Dora. So Dora's dying. So I have to make a DC 10 Constitution save in an attempt to stabilize. If I fail, I'm gonna lose one hit point, and I will um, continue to do that as if I continue to fail, and I. 
reached my constitution score in the negative, I will die. What, are, you're at negative what right now? I'm at negative one. Okay. So I have to make a DC 10 con save. My bonus is plus zero. <laughs> and I rolled a five. <laughs> All right. So Dora is actually bleeding out now, takes another hit point of damage. And as you're sort of eyeing this Gulliver, you can see she's not looking bad. So good. The life is literally draining out of her. That's the end of our first round in this probably expected, but not exactly expected in this way combat. The corpse exploded, wrapped its entrails around Ray. The hands ripped off, the head ripped off. They were all going to attack through a combination of Ray's channeled energy and grips punchy punchy. Those individual little undead bits have been destroyed, but Dr. Latchkey has taken Dora down, transformed back into a different version of himself and is now towering over Gulliver with his claws out as we enter round two. Ray, you're up. What's your hit points? Uh, negative right. two. You're at negative two. I mean, I guess you could put a bloodied marker underneath. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's do that. I guess I'm technically bloodied too because I'm at seven. Man. Ray sees Dora go down. He's strangled by these entrails wrapped around his neck and his arms, but he gestures out towards her and is like, No, Dora! And you stabilize. But since you are entangled, you have to make a concentration check to successfully cast the spell um. because your limbs and body are all wrapped up and your attention is drawn elsewhere. This is a DC 15 concentration check. What's your concentration bonus? Um. It's basically your level plus your uh, ability modifier. Okay. I rolled a 15 on the die, plus yes. four is 19. Excellent, you successfully get the spell off, so Dora is stabilized at what, negative two hit points? Is that what it is? Um, yes. No longer bleeding out and dying, and she won't continue to lose damage on her own. That's my turn. Good turn. Dr. Latchkey claws out at Gulliver. 15. Oh, just hits. Six points of damage, second claw. Uh, 12. Oh, misses. Okay, that's a miss. All right, so, <laughs> you know, it's got two attacks. I am also bloodied at this point. Gulliver is bloodied. First level. Gulliver, you're up then. Gulliver is going to fight defensively, giving himself a plus two dodge bonus to his armor class. At the uh, expense of what? At the expense of a minus four to all attacks, because at this point, he's literally, if he takes two more hit points, he's going to go down too. So he has to try to not get killed. Oh, man. All right. And I'm going to hope that I roll well. Come on. He's, he, he stabs out again, trying to stab this doctor right in the eye. Stab him. Oh, no. That's probably not going to hit. That's nine plus three minus four. That's... Action point? You know, I didn't come here not to spend action points. <laughs> Reaches deep within himself, hoping that maybe he could grit it out and get something in. He does not with a one on the action point. All right. All right, he's losing blood. He's seeing Dora at death's door. Rapier lashes out, misses. Grip, you're up. So the doppelganger has taken zero damage thus far. That is correct. Oh, that's not. Uh, I'm just going to attack him. That's going to be a, what's my plus again? That's a 19. That is a hit. For uh, six points of bludgeoning damage. Nice. So you probably like smash it right in the back between the shoulder blades as he's facing up with Gulliver there, set him reeling forward a little bit. He's aware of your presence now. Um, and then I will take a move action 
you see after after he lands that blow, you see his face go slack and his eyes roll slightly up in his head and he cracks his neck. But you don't know what's happened yet. But it's but his focus on on the doctor has is intensified. Excellent. Nice. Uh, Dora would go now. She's still unable to take actions, and that's the end of round two. So uh, Ray was able to stabilize Dora, keep her from literally dying. The doctor lashed out at Gulliver with two claws, did a crap ton of damage. Gulliver tried to respond and missed, and Grip has entered the fight with the doctor and uh, dealt a nice starting blow. Round three starts with Ray. We are all hurting, and I'm going to do one final positive energy burst, this time to heal my fellow friends and hope for the best. Can I take an action point on this roll? If I'm you... sorry, no. tell me not. Five. Five <laughs> oh, points of damage. Thank goodness. So heal to everyone oh who's taken damage. It's so huge. And that's so that brings end. Dora conscious again. I'm no longer bloodied. At the feet of the doppelganger. Okay, Latchkey's sort of Turns sideways, got grip on the right, Gulliver on the left. He's loving this. Lashes out with a claw at each of them. Against grip, 17. Yes. Against Gulliver, 19. Okay. Grip, seven points of damage. Gulliver, eight points of damage. I am down and bleeding out. I I am now at negative one. Second person in this party, in this combat, brought below zero hit points. And then Gulliver, it's your turn. You want to make that check to see if you uh, stabilize? Oh, sure. Why not? Easy uh, 10 con what? check. Uh, no correct die? Yes, 19 on the die. So Gulliver drops but stops bleeding out. Grip. So in anticipation of getting attacked by this creature. Yes. The feat he took at the end of his last turn was Grudge Fighter. So morale bonus on attack and damage rolls against creatures that have attacked you. Excellent. Um, and then I will attack him. That is a great feat. For a uh, 22. That hits his armor class. 11 points of damage. <laughs> nice. Nice. You smash into his face. You see his face sort of like around your fist. He reforms his face back and stares at you. You can put a, a little bloodied marker underneath <gasps> him. He is bloodied now. Dora, you are conscious at the doctor's feet. Her eyes open and her face immediately twists into this rictus of rage and fear. She is except to you because you're unconscious, she is almost unrecognizable as herself. And she looks up at this doctor and she goes, you get out of my face, you cunt! And her whole being is filled with intense cruelty and hatred. And the doctor should make a will say. Oh. The doctor is feeling as though his all of his innermost secrets and private thoughts are being invaded, drilled out of his head, and exposed for all the world to see. Nice. That's very low. Uh, 12? No. Okay, so that's full damage. (laughs) It is. What is this awesomeness? So the doctor takes six points of damage and one point of bleed. Oh, oh, nice. So you basically see like 
crap fire off on the inside of his head and blood starts gushing out of his nose. And what was that awesomeness that you just unleashed? It was Mind Thrust 1. Yes. Okay, so that... And she is continuing to heave. And so you can't crawl and take a five-foot step, right? You can't. Crawling is a move action. Crawling is a move action. She can't take an attack of opportunity, so she's just going to lie there and hiss at him. So she's, now, she's actually almost cowering. She's The anger on her face does not match the fear that her body is oh, expressing. A couple things going on there. A couple things going on. So round three, Ray used his last channel of the day, is that right? That's right. To get the group back into a somewhat fighting state just before Latchkey dropped Gulliver. Gulliver stabilized. Grip is uh, punching, punching, punching away and managed to bloody the creature. And then we witnessed uh, a horrific brain explosion mind thrust <laughs> from Dora. By the way, thanks to Sirenscape for providing music and environmentals that we're using as we go along in Dark Nexus. They are awesome. Check them out. Round four starts with Ray. I'm within grasping distance of Grip. What's happening, before I go into this, what's happening with in regards to what's gripping me? How am I still entangled being pulled into this thing? Like You're what? basically held in place. You can't okay. move further than where you are from the body. Okay. Can I touch Grip from where I am? Leaning through the doorway, <laughs> yes. So I think like pulling yourself at the, at the extreme edge of the tension on the intestines, you can reach out a hand and touch uh, touch Grip's leg. Great. So I'm going to reach out and I'm going to try to cure light wounds on him. Give me a concentration check to not lose that spell. <laughs> oh, no. <Ooh. laughs> um, I have... Well, that was a terrible roll. So that was a two on the die plus four is six. So the spell is lost as if you cast it, but nothing happens. Because I know that I, f- I feel like I'm reaching the end of my resources, Yeah, I would like to roll a 20% chance of using true devotion once a day. Oh, so this is a campaign trait that Ray came in with that basically indicates his ability to push past circumstances that might take him down and attempt to hang on to a spell slot before he loses it. Mm-hmm. So why don't you uh, roll a 10-sided die here on a one or a two, you get to keep that spell. That's sweet. Oh, Come man. Come on. Come on. Come on. No. Oh. <laughs> That's a sweet trait, though. That's a great trait. And it's spent. <laughs> Doctor's up. Mm-hmm. Hi. Oh, but Dora just blew his brain up. It's true. He takes a point of bleed damage. Oh, nice. Okay, you see an extra like of stuff, doppelganger stuff come blasted out of his nose. He wobbles a bit, like you're seeing him a little unsteady on his feet. And he he's gonna go for one claw at Dora on the ground, one claw at Grip, thinking he can still pull himself out of this situation here. So Dora, you're prone. I'm gonna add four to this attack roll against you. You're gonna hit me. Natural one. Oh! oh. Do it again. Do it again. Grip. Well, 13? Miss! Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, the crap 
blowing out of his nose and the stuff that just misfired in his head is just getting him totally wobbly. He's lashing out with his claws, kind of just raking through the air and missing. That's fantastic. And then Gulliver, you stabilize the stabilized unconscious. unconscious. Grip, you're up. I'm attacking him. I'm gonna keep that feet in place and I'm attacking him. Oh, natural one. Oh. <laughs> Did you want to move it all? To where? If you take a five foot step, you're flanking. Dora is currently unarmed. Oh. And prone. And well, prone doesn't matter. Prone would be fine, but. Oh. but um, she has no weapon at hand except her never mind. mind. I'm going to stay. I'm staying where I am. Dora, you're up. She's still shaking and maintaining that thing. She does it again. All right. So I let him, for flavor purposes, not be aware that you were within threatened range casting a spell last time. Yeah. He's very aware of where you are right now. So if you want to cast defensively. Yes. This does not have a thought component, so it is not subject to that exception with thought and emotion components where it's much harder to maintain concentration if there's a thought component to this spell. So it's just the regular DC. Fantastic. And I'm rolling a D20 plus six. 11. But uh, maybe I'll use an action. Oh, yeah. There you go. 16. (laughs) So the difficulty of casting on the defensive is 15 plus double the spells level, which I believe is 17. 17. So you lose the spell. She screams in rage, howling, like totally waking up anything in this place. And then... Yes. She, she literally starts shaking as if there is some internal thing going on, and I'm going to try to make... Oh, sure. I know what you're doing. A yeah. um, concentration check equal to 10 plus my caster level. Okay. Which I just make on another five. And what happens and when you do that? All that rage filters away, and it is just Dora there looking very confused and lost and terrified. So round four saw Ray trying to heal Grip, losing the spell due to the intestines wrapped around him. The doctor bleeding out, missing on his attacks. Grip missing with his attack. Dora losing a spell and then seeming to pull herself back from whatever had overtaken her the moment before. And we're in round five, Ray. Paul is Paul is holding his head, staring in defeat down at his character sheet. Um, a question about your character, Grip. Yes. Uh, your body is a natural weapon. Is that right? Yes. It, is it magical in any way, or is it just like... Eventually, as I level... Uh, there are things that, yes, assuming I don't die in a heap right here, as I level, it starts to be able to overcome things like that. Currently, no. Mm-hmm. Concentration check. Casting a spell. I'm going to cast a spell. It's my last spell of the day. Um, but I'm going to try and cast magic weapon on your body. Fantastic. Which will give you a slight enhancement bonus on attack and damage rolls, and maybe it'll help. Uh, that would be a 15. Action boy? Yes. Sets uh, 18. So reaching through the disgust at your own failure and shame, (laughs) (laughs) 
and only do till you're disgusted at your own failure and shame. You manage to get this spell out, your hand glows, you touch grip, and grip, your body is now a plus one weapon. Plus one to attack rolls, plus one to damage rolls. Thank you. Yeah. That lasts how long? One minute. The rest of my natural life. Yes. Probably. All right. So, what do we got now? This is the doctor. Bleed. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That bleed is going to save us. Another chunk, like like blood's gushing out his ear now. Does and it have ears? Oh, it does. Yeah, right. he's still he's in, he's in a human shape at the moment, and he's now kind of canted sideways. Like you can tell, there's a little fight left in this guy, but he's going to take grip down with him if it's the last thing he does. No, oh, that's a miss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> second claw. Second claw. Fifteen. Just. Four, seven points of damage. I'm, I'm down. I'm at, ze- I'm at negative two. Oh no! Third party member down. Oh in no! In this fight, and we're on to Gulliver, who is unconscious. Just, oh god! We're on to Grip. Make a constant. I'll uh, make the, uh, the Constitution check to see if you stabilize. Nineteen. Excellent. So you stabilize at negative what? Two. All right, this fight it comes down to Dora and uh, an entangled Ray. Dora, you're up. Uh, <laughs> Ray might be able to see her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But again, that rage seems to like punch out of her. Like it bursts out of her helplessly. I just remembered something. Maybe it's too late for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Orc ferocity. Oh shit. Oh. It's a different. It's the rounds past. It's too late. Right. Yeah, it is. Fuck. What? I could. I could have gotten one more swing in, essentially, with my magical weapon. Oh, so orc ferocity lets him continue to take one more it's, round. Yeah, and brought below zero hit points, but not killed. Fight for one more round, as if disabled at the end of the next turn, unless brought above zero, uh, fall unconscious. Begin. All right. I think. I think we have to move. Forward. Yeah. I think that uh, I think we missed that opportunity, but this will be a great reminder for the table. <laughs> so Dora, and she lashes out with all of her cruelty at it again. Great, make that concentration check. Yeah. Twenty-three success. <laughs> so now he has to make a will save. Will right? save. Oh, ten. Fail. Takes five points of damage and another point of bleed. His head explodes yes. and the body crumples to the ground and morphing back into that that white alien appearance. And as a free action, yes. the rage melts away again. And it is again Dora just sitting there shaking, looking completely terrified and lost. And Ray, Ray is seeing essentially waves of personalities exploding out of this poor woman's body, doing horrifying things and then being tamped back into into control. So we're back to Ray, who's still entangled with the stuff. Okay, I'm gonna try and do a, um, well, what, what, what could I do, a CMB? Yes. 13? Unsuccessful, struggling, okay. struggling, struggling. Dora. So she can see what's happening with Ray, yes. probably for the first time. Yes. She um, takes her sickle out mm-hmm. and crawls over there and tries to kill the thing that's holding him. 
dragging her body across the floor over the over the o- over the bodies, bodies of her of, friends. Yes, to the corpse hack at the organs that are entangling Ray. Well, we just met an hour ago. I don't know if we're friends yet. <laughs> Give me an attack roll. Fourteen. And roll damage. Four. All right, you cut him free of the uh, haunted viscera, and I assume, Ray, you go scrambling back away from it, and you can see, like, yes, the entrails are lashing in the air, still trying to reach out and grab things, and you see that go on for just a few more seconds before it kind of, like, limps out, and all of the intestines go limp, and the body just lies there. Now as a headless, handless, abdomenless, thing. Did we leave your healing kit with the doctor, or do you still have it? Oh, I still have it. Okay. So what next? you want to try to... Uh... Oh, absolutely. D- do whatever I can to heal my friends. Now, there's only four uses on it. I have taken no damage. So you need to try to use it twice to stabilize them, and then you and I have to drag them I'm, we, I'm stabilized. Oh, we're, stabilized. Both, we're, both, oh, okay. we're both stable. They're both stable. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, so, so it's not can, useful right now, right? You can do the treat deadly wounds thing once a day to each individual person. That'll get one hit point back, or if you roll extremely high, one hit point plus, I think, your ability modifier. But Hey, it's worth it. Better trying. than nothing. Yeah. Let me get the rule out. So what are you at, Johnny? I'm at minus one. And that doesn't use a charge of the healing kit? This does. This does. It's DC 20. Oh, dear. And what's the ability modifier? Wisdom. Which is zero. Now, this is something that... Does Dora have better wisdom? Yes, but not great. But better than me. It's plus one. So do you want to make it? This uses up a charge of the thing. It does. I would say it would be fair to say in this instance, say if Dora wants to make the check, I would let uh, Ray aid, see if he can make a DC 10 to add a plus two circumstance bonus to your check. You already get a plus two bonus from the kit itself. So that is with an aid a plus five yes. to get a DC 20. Yes. That's much better than... We can try it. Yeah. So crawling around on the floor through the blood, you drag the healing kit and your... <laughs> selves over to who do you want to start with start with grip okay i aid excellent nope all right we'll try gulliver i do not aid nope okay two uses of the kit gone both party members are unconscious what do Um, you do i think we should ask them for help i agree do we need to show them this Take its head. Bag of flesh. Take its head. We've got other doppelganger bodies here too, right? Let's start with this one. Oh, Mm. can you carry the whole thing? Wearing the lab coat of Dr. Latchkey might be persuasive. Unless they know that Dr. Latchkey is is changed. We'll just have to be convincing. It's really our only hope. Um, Also, I'm covered in brains. Oh, did it I suppose revert? technically so was Ray. Did it revert back to doppelganger form? It did, yes. All right. So let's take the body wearing the coat of Dr. Latchkey. I think it's it's all we've got right now. Yeah. Unless there's something in that room that would be more persuasive. So the taking a look at the three doppelganger corpses that were laid out in a row, yeah. uh, they're clearly many days dead. Okay. All right. right, so they're not going to be convinced like we killed them. No, no. Fine. 
They're also filled with crossbow bolts, recognizable from the one that you pulled out of uh, yeah. out of grip. Yeah. But they killed them. Yeah. Great. L let's just try this. This is yeah. what we have. So working together, drag that body down the hall towards the. Yeah. Leaving uh, Gulliver oh, and Grip God. in the rubble and blood. Are you in the diplomatic darkness. at all? I actually take a charisma oh, right. hit unless it's an intimidate check. So could I drag the body of the Dr. Latchkey doppelganger down sure, there by myself? How much drag? Uh, I can, can you drag? drag 400 pounds. Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. And I can see in the dark. And you have a relationship you've already established. I'm just going to do my best, maybe get another shot under different circumstances at another diplomacy check. Okay, so you're going to leave Ray with the lantern and the bodies, and Dora's going to drag the doppelganger corpse down the hallway. All right. Yes. Drag, drag, drag. Underneath the buckling roof, underneath the portions of the ceiling that are seeping cake-scented yellow mist. Hate you it here. <laughs> make your way back to, past the janitor's closet and the supply closet and an office and you get yourself about 20 feet away from the edge of the barricade. And at the moment, it is the woman, the boy, and then uh, uh, Valston who seemed to be in charge. They got their crossbows trained on you. She's panting. She drops the body and she puts her hands in the air. This one purported to be Dr. Latchkey. I we heard about him roaming around here. Well, it's dead now. Good. At the expense of two of my companions. Good. I beg your mercy and your aid. This is exactly what they said to us the first time. You're like, it's like you're reading off a script, woman. She's shaking. Mm -hmm. As if trying to contain something, which she manages. What do you hope to accomplish? by barricading yourselves behind that wall. How will you ever discover how to leave this place if you hide and deny everyone who comes to you? Missy, we know exactly where the front door is. We know exactly where we are. We know exactly how to then get where we're why going. why don't you leave? Because of people like you trying to kill us. We've got supplies, we can set you out, we can watch you bleed out and die, we can cheer for your death, and then we'll leave, Missy. So go back where you came from. If I wanted to kill you, I would have done it already. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The boy, at seeing that change come over you and hearing that, different voice sort of ducks down behind the barricade. You can see him kind of like putting his back against the wall, regretting some of his life choices. <laughs> Go back where you came from. You bring some more, we'll have a conversation. My companion and I must rest. We are going to do it in the boiler room from which we came. We are going to bring the bodies of our friends with us, and you'll see they have not reverted to their, what you believe to be their true form, as this one did. All right, that'll be fine. Get no closer than that door. Thank you. 
she goes back. Okay. She leaves the body of the doppelganger, Dr. Latchkey, in the hall. Andrega. I'll take Gulliver and you I'll take, take the big guy. Back into the boiler room. Mm-hmm. Lay them out on those uh, winter blankets you found in the <laughs> storage closet. <laughs> and settle in for some sleep. Yes, not that that's going to do very We're much gonna good. We're going to have to take uh, watch, just the two of us, right? Yes. At some point, I'm going to feel like I can heal them again. But not if you stay up all night watching. Hmm. Yeah, in terms of two party members left to keep watch based on the amount of rest you both need to recover your uh, spell capabilities, you're probably both going to have to sleep. And as we think about, like... Can we figure out how to jam this door? And, like, is there a, a thing we can do? There's only one door and then the boiler room. Right. There's a right? Yeah, can we figure out how to use this stuff to jam that door? And, I don't know, hang up something that makes noise over the chute so that if something came through, it would wake us up? Absolutely. So you can close the door to the to the furnace itself. You can use the hammer to drive some of the, some of the rubble from the zoo nest into the door there. We'll, uh, we'll, make, a, we'll make a check if somebody attempts to uh, test that. And then it's going to be very hard for the two of you to trade off watch and actually do the resting you need to do. And as we think about how exhausted you must feel, the punishment your bodies have been through on this essentially the first day of your life that you are aware of, uh, the horrors you've witnessed, I imagine it would be possible to imagine that they simply just fall asleep out of sheer exhaustion, even if they attempt to keep a watch. Yes. Great. <laughs> I need everybody at this table, conscious or not, to make a will save during the course of the night. <laughs> Man. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ray. 12. Gulliver. 15. Dora. 22. Grip. 7. So that night, your first night in Briarstone Asylum, passes uneventfully in the waking world. You're not interrupted by creatures or horrors from below. You're not interrupted by anything through the door that you've sort of clumsily barricaded, but your sleep is tormented. All of you writhe in horrifying nightmares, particularly grip. And as you're racked with agonizing sleep, you see yourself running, running, running across a a blood-red, sandy desert beneath a burning red sun. You're running towards uh, a towering black volcano, an active volcano, vomiting lava in steady streams like split entrails, like the entrails that just wrap themselves around Ray. You're running and you're dragging a heavy weight, running past hundreds of spears littering the landscape, all topped with the impaled heads of gray-skinned orcs, all these heads wrapped in black chains and topped with yellow flags. You're running, and they're gaining on you. They're gaining on you because they took your feet off at the ankles, and you're left to lope along painfully and awkwardly like a mutilated quadruped. Every impact of your stumps on the ground is agony as sand and sharp volcanic rock shards drive deep into your open wounds, but you have to keep going because the weight is heavy and they are gaining on you. The sun burns your skin, the ground tears your flesh. The orc heads on spears sprout long white hair and they all whisper, 
will never escape. As you pass them, your chains are heavy, your mind is dull, your senses are fading, but you are unbelievably strong. So you keep going, you always keep going. It's your soul characteristic. It's nothing, but it's what you are. You're getting close to the foot of the volcano now, but the maddening howls behind you are equally close. You're almost there when you feel a lurch beneath your feet as the world tips backwards ever so slightly, and suddenly you're running uphill. And then suddenly, you're falling downhill, tumbling, tumbling backwards, down towards the mob. You can see them now. It's a horde of children wearing dog masks. Or is it large dogs wearing masks made of actual children's faces? Either would be disturbing enough, but what's making you sick to your stomach is that you actually can't tell the difference. The dogs ate the children, and the children ate the dogs, and now they're all eating each other, and they are each other. It's impossible. Their ears are chained through hooks to their ankles. Their noses are chained through hooks to their hands. Their eyelids are chained to their elbows. Every movement they make tears their flesh and causes them to howl and scream in agony, yet they keep moving. As you slide inexorably to them on the steep downward slope that was just a flat surface all these seconds before, scraps of yellowed parchment flutter past you, falling down towards the dog children. You can see faces drawn in black charcoal on the parchment, and the faces are moving. Some are your face, some are the faces of a sleek human man with wet eyes and long hair. Both kinds of faces have word bubbles, and the faces are saying, What have I done? And then you slip and slide and tumble down, down, down into the dog children, and then they begin to feast. Beneath the burning sun, hundreds of little children's mouths filled with impossible teeth rip you limb from limb, and each severed piece retains its consciousness as it slides down an esophagus into the burning hell of acid sac stomachs, and the hundred pieces of you dissolve in endless agony into millions of component scraps of skin cells and organ bits and brain matter and soul. And then the dog children laugh and hold hands and sing nursery rhymes, and they return to their home in the white stone sewers below the city by the sea, and they call out to the corpse orgy, and they vomit you into the corpse orgy, and you become one with the stinking, writhing corpse orgy, and the corpse orgy secretes and shits pieces of you into the sewer water, and you drink yourself and lick yourself off the walls and shit yourself out in an endless cycle of pointless waste and consumption, and you are chained into this cycle, and now it's literally impossible for it to be broken, for you are the waste, and you are the rot, and you are the misery that lives beneath the streets and terrorizes children. But all that was you is forgotten by everybody, because no one knew you, and no one cared, and this is eternity now, and for a fleeting moment, you pray, you actually pray, what a joke, to be returned to your limbless self, running pointlessly across the desert because anything will be better than this. And then you're running, running across a red sandy desert beneath the burning sun, running towards a volcano vomiting entrails. You're running past spears with faces and the barking starts and the children are gaining on you. And then you wake, you look down. Oh no, you don't wake. How negative are you in hit points? Negative two. Dora and Ray, as you come out of 
your own equally horrifying dreams that you happen to not remember this night, you look over and you see that Grip is lashing in his dream, like his legs are moving, like he's trying to run, and you see claw marks open on his face, across oh. his arms, and he takes four more points of damage. Oh, no. End of chapter five. Oh, God. <laughs> Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes, along with additional music, composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Fantastic. Did we level? <laughs> <laughs>